Welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast, a podcast to encourage pastors and ministry leaders who are striving to make Jesus famous. Hey, welcome to the Connect Hope Podcast. This is Gene Jennings alongside my buddy Chuck Gordon. Chuck, how you doing today? Man, I am here and looking forward to today. Good. Tell us what's on the what's on the docket for today. Uh, what, what we got, man, is we have like holy chicken. Uh, what? We, we actually the bishop of chicken is with us today. The bishop of chicken. That's right. He doesn't know that he's been uh, he's been <laughs> entitled that and given that moniker. But um, <laughs> now we have the infamous John Hughes with us today. And John, we are so excited you're you're joining us today. Thank you, man. Well, I, I can tell you that it's certainly my pleasure to be on here. And I'm just glad to know that when I walk in, back into the restaurant tomorrow, I'll have something new on my name tag. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> he said my no, pleasure where did that come that is, from yeah i wonder what restaurant he's referring to <laughs> that's yeah. right well, well you John, can't you can't be the bishop of chicken if you don't say my pleasure <laughs> I, I hear you i hear you well um in in all my years of uh, all my time of knowing john uh, basically i've only known him connected to uh, two things and one of those is true north and the other is chick-fil-a and so that kind of gives away that but uh, man, you uh, are owner-operator. I don't know if they term it differently now, but uh, you have Chick-fil-A here in Augusta. And, um, man, how long have you has that been? You have the Peach Orchard store? That's right. So I, I began my career with Chick-fil-A. May will be 18 years ago. And wow. I actually, I actually started as a team member straight out of college. So I worked for another owner-operator for about six years. And okay. then the, my first uh, franchise that I had on my own was Chick-fil-A inside the Augusta Mall. And so oh. I had that location for about three and a half years. And then July 2nd of 2015, we opened up Chick-fil-A on Peach Orchard Road. So we're coming up on eight years out there. That's that's awesome, man. That is incredible. I, I do. It does beg the question, though. I didn't realize you had the mall when. How many times did you go over to the Chinese place and get samples uh, when you're known as? <laughs> well, I, I will tell you this. I, I don't know who on the podcast might be listening that works at the Chinese restaurant, but uh, I saw some pretty uh, suspect things over there. So oh. That, 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 that went, was around there. Yeah, that that took place in their back door, so never did I visit the front counter. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Wow. If you needed if you need any secrets of the trade, I'd say uh, there are probably <laughs> some safer options. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, man, I know that's major rabbit trail, but check for our international list- listeners. We're talking about Augusta, Georgia. Yes, yes. Not Augusta, Maine. Yeah. Well, that's correct. We, with these comments, we might want to say it's Augusta, Maine. Oh, this so- is true. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, maybe we need to rewind and start over. Cool. Well, man, I know just, all of our Chinese listeners are offended. Exactly, that's exactly. right. We we haven't even been going for five <laughs> minutes, and we've already offended somebody. That's our goal. That's actually Gene's yeah. goal. But um, he's really good at it, though. But um, well, well, John, one of the things I know, just uh, again, as we talk with leadership, uh, you know, very often as I meet with pastors from around the community, even around the state, uh, it it is rare that Chick Fil A doesn't somehow come up now. And whether that's, hey, let's go eat at Chick-fil-A or, or uh, but often it even is talking about the culture that's created. And, and I know, uh, I think there's almost a secret sauce in, in that, that um, you observe just it's consistent. And, you know, across Chick-fil-A to Chick-fil-A, you know, you can get the same service and you get 
get, you know, my pleasure, et cetera. You're going to get a response. And um, man, would love to hear some of your insights. And, you know, as you've been a part of this whole process, working from out of right out of college to being an owner operator of two different uh, stores and, and um, you know, how, I don't know, what are some of the elements of, of making that happen? And, and uh, I know this is something I, I, I frame it from the vantage point of church leaders wanting to know, okay, how do they kind of duplicate these environments across their, their church body that they want people to be welcoming. They want people to be receiving. They want, you know, to create this environment of caring for the customer, which is actually caring for um, those people that walk in our church doors uh, or ministry doors. But um, yeah. what are some of the things I don't know that stand out to you? I don't know if that's a fair question to ask. Yeah, a long I question. think it, it was a very long it, question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know what part of that to answer. Our podcast, um, we're going to have to wrap up now. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll tell you what. You you made me think of when I, when I found out about the Chick-fil-A franchise opportunity is when I began to learn about Truett Cathy, who he was, what he valued, how he started business, what he wanted people to experience, and you know, they will say that there are no Christian companies, but there are companies run by Christian people. That was one of the things that Truett talked about all the time. Yeah. And so he, he ultimately just wanted to live out his faith in business. And it just happened to be that he did that through selling chicken. Now, he had a, he had a brand prior to that uh, called the Dwarf Grill, where he actually developed the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich as we know it. And then in 1967 is when Chick-fil-A launched, uh, but it has always been, uh, I guess, based on these biblical principles that really just comes down to the golden rule, right? It's like, how do we want to treat people? And that has, I think, has been pretty evident in our franchise since the beginning. Oh, yeah, and, pretty much you so. Know, I, I think there's a ton of synergy in what the church tries to have happen and obviously what chick-fil-a has wants to have 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 happen as well man that's i know that's powerful uh, the uh from uh my, my earliest memories of chick-fil-a were in the daytona mall uh, i grew up in deland and uh we'd go over there but uh, we weren't really allowed as kids to get over there because it's too expensive like I, <laughs> <laughs> when you go just down the road about a mile away and there's a crystal and you can get a a, a 25 cent hamburger back at the, back in the day but anyway so <laughs> yeah so yeah but it was mighty good and i always appreciate when we got it but hmm. so they created basically that was true kathy's principle and just you know kind of founded with that um so how do you yeah. go about i guess let me kind of a different angle when, when you're looking at people to bring on board as part of the team, what, what is it you're looking for? Um, I know it's more than just, Hey, they can do the job, but I would imagine. Yeah. That- yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot of things we're looking for. You could go some, to something as basic as just somebody who's coachable. I mean, we want somebody who's coachable, but ultimately we want somebody that has the same values that, that we have. Um, you know, we want to treat everybody that walks in those doors with honor, dignity, and respect. And if we're looking for team members, that looks one way. If we're looking for leaders, that looks uh, it, it looks entirely different because 
then we have to be absolutely certain that those people are going to reflect our values. That doesn't mean that we're all the same, but when we're talking to leaders, we spend a ton of time talking to them about the fact that, that leadership is not about them. It's about everybody that they serve. Mm. And so we are really looking for somebody that has a servant heart at the end of the day. I mean, obviously you have to have the capacity to lead people and you got to be smart. Um, but you, you got to be able to serve other people. That's what it comes down to. So ultimately we're trying to find those that we feel like can get in there and serve others. Well, John, really what y'all do, y'all make servant leaders and then you lead servant leaders. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say without question. And you heard me say it a minute ago. I heard that reiterated on a broadcast I was listening to this weekend that that said that again, that leadership is not about you, but it starts with you. Right. That's good. And so man. That's rich. And so if if I expect my leaders to be servant leaders, then I, I better be modeling that myself. And so I. The group of people that I lead specifically in my organization is pretty small. I, I lead four or five people. That's who I spend the majority of my time with. Uh, I serve my entire team, but I serve those guys directly uh, mm -hmm. and in a whole other level. So the, the expectation is then that they turn around and do the same for their four or five people and so on and so forth. Well, that's huge. Even as you say that, I, I think of there, there are a lot of churches that, that as I meet with pastors and staff and, and just even observation over the years, there are a lot of churches that staff function as islands. You've got, you know, your, your pastor, the worship pastor, student minister, et cetera, you know, education minister, but they all kind of live in their own compartments. And really the only time they see each other are Wednesday night meals and, or Sunday morning. And, um, but I don't know, how, how can you, I don't know, speak into that, um, that kind of model and saying, Hey, if you want to bring to get the team together where they're motivated, they're encouraged. How, how do you do that? Um, yeah. I will tell you, I mean, that is something that we have to be super intentional about, uh, okay. especially as, as our organizations have grown and they've grown like crazy. You've been through a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Um, so when I started, it was kind of a one man show almost. You could do a lot by yourself. And so it made a lot of sense that you were on an Island, but, now, as transactions have grown, sales have grown with that, we have several leaders in the restaurant that really own separate channels, if you will. So somebody might be over our front of house operations. Somebody might be over our drive through Somebody's over our back of house operations. Somebody else is over our catering. And so we have to fight, honestly, to make sure that we carve out the time necessary to ensure that uh, we are serving each other and that we're at least putting eyes in other areas of the business. And so, again, at the end of the day, we just have to be really intentional that we are sitting down, carving out time so that we can ensure that, hey, although you might be going after this, we're going after this thing that's bigger than that together. And what and so what kind of things do you do to bring that team unity? You know, something as simple as a weekly leadership meeting. Uh, that is the simplest form of it. And then for my guys and girls that are at the top, if you will, um, 
and we actually call them at the bottom in my in my organization because we like to feel like we're serving everybody else. We're holding the rest of the team up. Mm-hmm. We spend time outside of the restaurant, uh, again, very intentionally because the urgency wins far too often. And so mm-hmm. if we're in if we're in the restaurant, it gets really difficult to really work on the business. We get caught up pretty quickly in working in the business and serving people, which we love to do. Yeah. But it uh, it can really stop you from doing really necessary work and making the organization better, deepening your business acumen, working on you know leadership theory, if you will. So we we want to make sure that we spend some time outside of the restaurant with each other. Uh, we want to go visit other organizations because we feel like we always have something to learn. And so that might be other Chick-fil-A's, that might be other businesses, but uh, we try to get outside of our own four walls and uh, go put some eyes on some other businesses because, again, I just said it, but I feel like we've always got something to learn. So those are just a couple of just really practical ways, but we do meet weekly and then we try to get out of the restaurant um, together at least Mm. once a month. So, John, another question I have for you. One thing we talked about a lot here, in fact, last week we talked about reaching the next generation. And I know you and so many restaurants like yours employ uh, the Generation Z, the young adult. Um, what's your What's your take on what's going on with that generation now? What are you seeing out of this generation that maybe some church leaders, pastors, maybe don't realize because we don't see them outside of church context like you do sure yeah you know it's no uh it's not news necessarily that it's a different generation right you know i think that's pretty evident but uh personally try not to get fixated that it's completely negative these are really smart kids they're intuitive they have a ton of information at their fingertips they know how to go get that information Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we continue to learn that about them, but we again, it's something we're intentional about and in saying, hey, it's not just about us uh, enforcing our will on these people. We try to engage them where they are and say, hey, how can we add value to your life? How can we add value to your career journey? And then how do you think you might be able to add value to our organization? And I feel like the more that we can do that, we have created some buy-in from that side to say, hey, I'm not just here uh, to push the next milkshake out the window or the next sandwich across the counter. I'm truly here to make this organization better and to make the patron experience, which is what we call it in the restaurant, I'm here to make that better. So. You know, again, I think they're incredibly intuitive, but I I think there is a big demand with this generation to be developed and to be a part of something that is meaningful. And so we just make every effort to give these young kids, even if it's in bite-sized pieces, we try to give them an opportunity to lead, an Mm -hmm. opportunity to, to impact our our organization, if you will. So yeah. we just continue to learn that about them. Again, it's ever changing, but we don't think it's a negative thing. We just think it's a different thing. And we've got to be mindful of that and really just engage them every step we can. And earlier you said you're looking for somebody that's coachable or teachable. 
Um, yeah. Are those easy to find or hard to find? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's definitely gotten harder because opportunity has uh, increased uh, tenfold for the kids that are in the workforce. I, I say kids. Uh, I, I'd say 16 to 25, 26-year-old. They have a ton of opportunity now. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, where I think about 2008, 2009, and between then and now, opportunity was tight. You know, there was not a ton of people who who needed a ton of people. And so you could be far more selective on the team member side. But now they have all the opportunity in the world. So there, there's no shortage of people looking for team members out there, especially good ones. And so that's gotten a lot harder. But, you know, going back to one of the things we value is to have a, a great team member in there so that our patrons experience a great team member. We just try to stick to our guns and say, hey, e- even if we feel a little bit tight inside of our four walls, then we've got to do our job to make sure we're making the right decision. Um, and so, it, yeah, transparently, it has gotten a lot harder. Um, mm. but we try to really stick to our guns and say, Hey, we, we really need to make the right decision because the expectation on the other side of the counter is that we have made the right decision. So, you know, I, I'll tell you coming out, being in COVID and then coming out of it to some degree, we have probably taken a few more chances on people than we would have in the past. Um, mm. But we've just got to be really quick to speak into the lives and say, hey, here, here's where we think you are. Here's where we think you're absolutely winning and helping us. Here's where we think you've got some room for improvement. Uh, and we feel like the sooner we can do that, the sooner that we can celebrate. Like We have got to celebrate quickly with these kids uh, and really everybody in the workforce right now. We've got to celebrate super quickly um, because we also expect a ton up front. So if we expect without encouraging them or we expect without celebrating them, then we have lost. We have not done our job well. Hmm. Um, But if we're really clear with what our standards are, we're really clear with uh, where it is that we want them to be, then we feel like we can then provide that expectation. But we try to do that really quickly. So uh, again, it's changed, but that's where we are with that. Well, that's awesome. And, and just as, as you mentioned, you try to celebrate with them. You want to recognize, ignite. how do y'all do that? What are some of the ways that you find are really effective in, in, um, in, in celebrating your team so that they're encouraged and they keep, they stay motivated? Yeah, I will tell you, it's one of the things that we continue to look at personally in my organization is how do we better celebrate pe- people? Because as I'm an encourager, but when I get into my business, I'm thinking so much about the business and what the patron is experiencing yep. that I can kind of go through a pretty quick mental checklist. And, and this will give you some exposure to the restaurant world. But like we want to have a clean environment. Right. And we want to have good energy in the restaurant. and We've got to serve safe food. And so it's really easy for me once I enter that to say, oh, okay, the parking lot is clean. The dining room is clean. Our team seems to have energy today. We're, we're doing, we're moving in the right direction. If we can check all those boxes, then I can go do what only I can do, but I have got to slow down and encourage my people. So just like I said earlier, I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring as many people to the table as I can that do that better than I do. Gotcha. So we can, we continue to put a ton of focus on that, but, 
you know, one of the simplest ways, uh, it truly comes down to people want to hear their name, huh. right? That's so good. that's good. And, and they want to hear it in a, in a public space if it's praise. So we try, if nothing else, just to say, hey, what, what two or three people can we go celebrate in front of their teammates today? And it, mm. it, it, it could be something as simple as, hey, I watched you take orders outside in the heat today. <laughs> on an ipad and you smiled at you smiled at every patron that came through here that was amazing that's awesome or hey i saw you sweep something that nobody else would have even seen that's amazing so it really is just trying to say all right we've got to be intentional we need to systematize this to some degree i know that might sound a little bit cold but like we've got to make it where it's very much a part of our organization it lives there daily so think about two to three people before you walk out these doors, like what two or three people can you go say thank you to? Mm. And then at the end of the day, before that team member gets ready to clock out, can we just say thank you? Very uh, cool. Thank you for what, thank you for what you did today. It, it, that's simple, but we honestly, we were missing that at some point, you know, we just got, and that's it to me personally, we just got, uh, we're growing. We want to get as many transactions through there as possible, but it's like, all right, next person on this person's off this person's mm. on. All right, let's go. We just got to serve the next person. And while we want to do that, we're missing that. So it's like, Hey, we've got to slow down and actually celebrate these people. So, but that's a really simple way. So we've almost, like I said, we've had to systematize it. Right. No doubt. And for those of us, those leaders who are ministry leaders, you know, that's, Maybe stopping by the preschool department and thanking people that rock babies today or going by student ministry on Wednesday night and thanking your volunteer or even your student pastor for that matter. It's just taking time to thank the kids. You can't always thank them all, but at least taking time to thank a small remnant of that army of volunteers that you have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think there is there that. that's probably where there's a little bit of difference and there are differences, right. In uh, an organization like a church an organization like a Chick-fil-A, but there's a ton of things that are similar as well. But I try to tell my people all the time, like when I'm out in the community and people find out that I own a Chick-fil-A franchise, they're always intrigued. And that says a lot about our brand. Right. But when yep. they start telling me about the things that they love about Chick-fil-A it's never it's never about me. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's never, hey, we think you're just such a great leader that you, you know, you're amazing. That's not it. They're talking about the team member who's 16 years old who just huh. got out of class that day and is coming to serve them. So I, we have got to celebrate them because they are really the they're the front lines for us. That that is who our patron experiences. Where you know, a church definitely is going to have. They're going to see the pastor. But I do think about, because I am a, a, a member of True North Church, I do think about the people that come because of something like the children's mm-hmm. ministry, right? Right. Like right. That, those, volunteer, those volunteers do such a great job that it, it's now the kids that are leading the charge to bring their parents to church. And so we have absolutely got to be celebrating them in that way. So I think, I think you're right on that, just being able to go celebrate volunteers when you can, for sure. Yep. Well, that's that's huge. And, and so I guess Gene and I want you to know, though, though people may be talking about the 16 year olds at your place. John, we appreciate you. And you've done a great job, man. 
You're a great leader. Well, so I, regardless, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, as far as my as far as my uh, faith, I always say that I, I'm a sinner who needs saving, and I, uh, I I need a lot of grace. As far as being a leader in a business, I say I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'm going to keep on making them. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So I'm just going to try to try to get better. Dude, that's right. That's awesome. One one word that I've heard echoed kind of throughout this time you've said over and over again is intentional, and and um, I hear in in everything you're saying kind of that laced throughout. And that, that you've got to make intentional time to invest in those, the few leaders that invest in others. You've got to make intentional time to catch the kids as they're walking out the door to appreciate them. Just being, again, a lot of intentionality there. And, um, sure. and it's, it's hard when, as you said, and I get, I get it, whether it's ministry or, or whether you're you know, frying chicken, there can be an element of you want to get the job done and do it well. But if you're not intentional about valuing the people that are doing it, then we miss, miss an opportunity. Um, for that, yeah, and I would say, you know, that that's not necessarily a metric that gets put in front of us all that often. Gotcha. You know, if I'm if I'm looking at my organization, I can go look at any time of day and tell you where our sales are, what our customers are experiencing, what the speed of service is. I, I can look at all these metrics. That is not necessarily one of them, mm. right? But you can absolutely feel it. So you, you know when it's not right, and it's just like anything else. If I, if I want my patrons to have a great experience at the restaurant, then it's on me to design that. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to treat the team member experience the same way. That's Otherwise, cool. we're, just, we're going to drift to a destination that we don't want to be at, right? Yeah. So yeah. even in that, it's like, how can we design a better experience for our team members so that the patron experience in turn is better as well so it, it, that absolutely comes down to intentionality like we've got to put in work to make sure that's happening well again you're doing it well bro and, and like i said we uh you know i i have the the extra joy of i mean one eating a chick-fil-a you know you're gonna get it but uh, it's incredible when i know as gene and i know you and just know that man uh they are very fortunate to have you as the leader down there kind of modeling for them and investing in them, pouring in them. And so we do appreciate you, man. Just what, what a gift it is just to kind of hear this perspective from, from you. Um, and Gene, I know Gene wanted to ask if you can get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich after this, but <laughs> I, I'm good at Gene. I've got one. Of the and, well, we hand, we hand out, we hand out free chicken sandwiches on most Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just come by the, hey, if you just come by the restaurant, I was going to tell him I have the the, uh, the little uh, gift that's included in the kids' meal that he can trade it in for an ice cream cone. So I'll give that to you afterwards. That's right. He can trade yeah. it in for an ice cream cone. Yeah, he can he can do that anytime. That's for I'll sure. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> free. Well, man, uh, we we thank you so much for making time to to talk with us and and uh, for sharing some of the insight you have and and so much of that is is easily transferable in in ministry model and, and general business. Um, but basically, it's just, yeah, it's being intentional, it's pouring in, it's getting past the, the numbers and looking at each, you know, not just even valuing customers, but valuing those employees, those people that are serving within the context of, of your business, ministry, et cetera. So that's you. Yeah, well, I appreciate you letting me come on here and do it. And I, I would just tell you guys, like, I, I think just being on the other side of your leadership, too, yeah, I think so much of it just comes down to the, the servant piece of it. Or, or I heard somebody else say, I'm going to practice my serve today. Well, that's, so cool. I, that's cool. That's cool. 
I know that you guys, because I've gotten to see that firsthand, y'all both do that really well. So that's, uh, I get to learn from your leadership on that. So I think that's probably what it comes down to more than anything. It, it's got to be intentional, but it all comes down to just serving other people. I think that's what we're here for. That's right. Yep. Well, John, thanks so much for your time. And uh, Chuck, before we wrap it up, you want to tell us about Connect Hope? Yeah, as always, we're, we're thankful that you joined us today. And if you have any more questions or like to connect with John Hughes, we'd love to connect with you. Just contact or go to our website at connecthope.org. And there's a spot there where you can contact us and can set up a, a, a meeting, whether by phone or in person or, or ask any questions. And we can respond there. But again, we're all about encouraging pastors, uniting ministries and resourcing kingdom work. And so we just thank you for allowing us to have an opportunity to speak into your life and, and join the uh, tens and tens of followers worldwide that are <laughs> joining the Connect Hope podcast, man. What a privilege. So, yep. Well, John, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening to the Connect Hope podcast. And we will see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening today. If today's podcast hit home with you, we hope you'll share it with other ministry leaders. If there's any way we can be here for you, please contact us at connecthope.org. Until next time, let's make Jesus famous.